0: Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. It's a pleasure to have you with me. You know, we talk to a lot of great strategists, advisors, authors here on Exit Coach Radio. Uh, Today, we're going to talk to someone who's in the trenches helping business owners sell for let's say, an, unreasonable, an unreasonably good value. And you can do this if you plan well in advance as we advocate. If you can start thinking of, of how your business could go for top dollar, there are a lot of ideas that you can put into play if you have time. And that's what my next guest, John Homan of Shoreline Partners, is going to talk about. So, John, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today, and, uh, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Bill. Pleasure to be here.
0: Hey John, my pleasure. Um, you know, we we talk to a lot of different types of advisors. Now, you guys are a lower middle market. You call yourselves lower middle market M and A firm. So let's talk about what that means. What do you do for your clients, and and who do you typically work with?
1: Well, we typically work with clients that are that are a little bit too big for a business broker, uh, but but don't have the. The bandwidth to be attractive to larger M and A firms. So typically, a lot of regional companies sort of a bottom line is something like an EBITDA of at least 1.5 million or sales sales north of five five million. Uh, up to about 35 to 50 million would be a good range for us.
0: So they're they're not big enough to go out and hire, a, or, and they probably can't afford an investment banker type of a firm. But, again, when you think of business broker, a lot of business brokers handle, let's say, your local dry cleaner or your, your local uh, restaurant, your smaller business. So there are, there are a ton of businesses in this size range that you're mentioning. Um, so uh, what's the environment like now?
1: Yeah, um, just a Broaden that a little bit. We typically think of business brokers as as representing main street businesses, those businesses you drive by as you get on the street and look to your left and your right. Um, The businesses that are really attractive to us are are distribution businesses, uh, something that has a a little uh, larger scope and and, um, is probably a great uh, addition to another firm. Uh, in a similar industry that's looking to gain market share and and right now we're we're sitting at the absolute best time to sell a business that we've seen in in a couple of decades. Uh, you know interest rates are still down low enough where where borrowed money is fairly attractive um, We're far enough past the uh, the, re- the recession that uh, companies have managed to regain their uh, profitability and you know, those that, that struggle during that time period, sales are growing. You know, one of the things that a buyer always looks for is a couple of years or more of, uh, of increasing sales and profits, and many businesses are seeing that right, right now. And yet we know that what goes up must come down, and, and we're not that far away from potentially another reversal in the market that might negatively impact the value of a company.
0: If the, if the top of the market it were – we turned it into a clock face and the top of the market was 12 o'clock, where would you say we are now?
1: I, I say we're somewhere around 10.30 or 11. And, and, um, 10.30, and Warren time, Warren time to get home. One, <laughs> yeah, Warren Buffett said, I never want to sell at the top because you can't time the market. Um, but but when, you, when you know you're getting close, it's the time to, the time to make your decision and move on.
0: Well, and like you say, you, you want to sell when you're in in a increasing situation because isn't it true that you know most businesses are sold for some kind of terms that require uh, a lot of times some kind of justification into the future uh, for part of the sale price, either an earnout or an installment payment of some type, and if your business uh, is is starting to crumble, you may not get those uh, those later checks in the in the deal
1: sure you know there's there's two kind of buyers in the marketplace and you know everybody talks about this there's the strategic buyer and there's an economic buyer and, and an economic buyer, buyer is looking at a multiple of earnings uh and typically they'll use a formula that that calculates based upon a trailing earnings of a couple of years so um you, you know, you want to be in a position where you don't, where, where you've got strong earnings going forward to, to sort of maximize that value. On the strategic side, you know, a company that's that's, that's looking to grow um, and expand their market share for, for whatever reason um, is sitting right now with probably more financial wherewithal uh to, mm-hmm. to make an acquisition that makes sense to them than they they have been in, in a long time and and therefore can a, can afford to pay a little higher value than they might have in the
0: past yeah, and that's our topic for today is not how can you sell for a multiple of EBITDA to an economic buyer, but how can you be that uh, that jewel on a beach full of rocks right when people are coming around right. and and part of that is managing to that that need for what the strategic buyers want in your industry. So how do you help business owners to sell for that unreasonably good value?
1: You know, one of the questions we ask um, potential clients in the, in the very beginning of our conversation is who do they think is going to buy their company? And, and mm-hmm. amazingly, in the 26 years that Shoreline has been in this business, we have never sold to the person that the owner thought was going to be the buyer and, and that's because their view of the world is myopic they they tend to be looking at direct competitors and direct competitors aren't willing to pay an unreasonable value they're only looking to 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 basically buy the accounts and so so they're not looking at it as how to strategically improve their position so that's a big part of our job is is to go out do, first to, to sit down and do our homework and figure out who who might be uh, someone that would would care about adding this particular type of business to, to the business they're already doing. And oftentimes we'll come up with, with a number of people that the owner would never even have considered. And then the other part of our job is to set up, to try to set up the best that we can an auction type environment where we're where as opposed to a business broker that basically puts up an ad and waits people for people to come, um, as an an M&A firm, we identify who we think the targets are and then orchestrate uh, a a presentation to all of those people at about the same time so we can get multiple um, parties interested Mm -hmm. and and try to get a little bit of competition going to, to, to see who really wants this business the most
0: so do uh when when you walk into business situations as i do a lot of times we find that owner uh businesses have multiple lines that they're they're working on some of them are are very profitable and some of them are not dogs you know and and do you help sure. business owners up front to say, you know, you really ought to be focusing more on this and less on that if you're going to sell for top dollars. That is that part of what you do to come in, or do you come in literally yeah, at the point of sale? Okay.
1: What what we like to do is when we meet with a prospective client and analyze their business. If it looks like they're not ready, if there's some window dressing that needs to be done to. Uh, to best position the company for sale, we'll we'll often contact other people who do that thing for a living. And, Bill, I think you do uh, some of that, and and we don't. So we would refer those kind of clients out uh, to, to help them. Maybe it's get the financial statements straightened out. Maybe it's to adjust the marketing. Maybe it's to... Um, help them dump a whole bunch of excess and obsolete inventory so the balance sheet looks a little better. Uh, uh, Maybe it's uh, uh, get their arms around their receivables and, and get rid of some of those deadbeat clients that take up 90% of your time and only give you 10% of your profit and, 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 and and, and allow um, others to, uh, to, to, Uh, do that work because we know what we're good at. What we're good at is identifying who it is should buy this business and make sure that we get the absolute best value we can
0: for it. Excellent. And uh, to that point, um, uh, we are both part of a, a large group of professionals that network extensively uh, throughout southern california and other parts of the country called provisors which gives us access to a wide variety of those other types of professionals like you mentioned a few, like a it could be a part-time cfo to come in or someone to help increase sales or really focus on the 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 gross profit the top more the top line before expenses uh, so there are a lot of professionals that can come into play but they first need to start with understanding Uh, John, what do I need to look like to get that top dollar when I'm ready, when I clean up these other issues and I go go out to market, what do I need to look like so that a strategic buyer is going to stand up and take notice, right?
1: Exactly. right. I'll give you an excellent example of that. I I happen to be guesting in uh, the Provisors uh, uh, Network today in Ontario, and I was up here just a month ago. And I ran across a guy that I that I didn't know, um, and what what his expertise is is uh, 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 handling the credit card transactions um, for the best best fee. And I had a client in the telemedicine space that was paying nearly five percent discount on their credit card transaction, and um, um, I was able to uh, use that network to 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 bring this person in, and it looks like their new. Deal will be less than three, and at a five million dollar business, yeah, two percent yeah. at the top line is a big number, and so um, that's going to help me bring a lot uh, a lot better price to this company going forward
0: yeah, very good point little things uh the seemingly little things make a big difference when you 're selling you know and a lot of times i'm sure you see businesses where they 've been uh, they've been trying to manage the business for a lifestyle kind of a situation uh, minimizing the taxable uh, income for the business and and not really paying attention to again what uh, what's going to be attractive to a buyer and looking at the business as if they are the buyer and so it seems like to me that you, when someone says hey I want to I want to get my business out there, I want to sell it for a strategic basis, they should first be coming to you to figure out what they need to look like. And then, as you said, you can help them find the other individuals that might help them over the next couple years, but then bring them back to you when the timing's right to get back out out to sale and hopefully before the clock strikes midnight, (laughs) Uh, the economic clock that is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to that to that end, almost all of our business comes from referrals from other professions, um, be it a, a, a accountants, attorneys, um, um, commercial real estate brokers, people that 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 know and work with a company all the time, and know when that time is getting close. Um, and and because we have a philosophy philosophy of not only bringing uh, unreasonable value in the transaction, we don't quit. Um, we're, while our engagement is for a year, we'll keep working with that company until it's sold. Um, and, uh, and, and we're just absolutely bulldogs and tenacious about, about making sure that if the direction we're, we're going is a liquidity event for the owner, then that's, we're in it till that liquidity event happens.
0: John what are some of the biggest mistakes you see that that clients make um when when they say you know what I don't need I don't need anybody I'll do this myself I'll I'll get this uh I'll get this taken care of and uh and not engage someone to help me
1: Yeah you know b- before I w- worked for Shoreline I I did operate as a as a business broker in fact I'm still on the board of directors of the California Association of Business Brokers and and so you know, had this conversation all the time with, uh, with uh, prospective sellers that said, my God, it's such a high fee for you to help us get this done. And it's the, old, the old saying is, you know, 10% of something is a whole lot better than no percent of nothing. Uh, right. Because selling a business becomes a full-time job. If you're in the business of running your business, you don't have that 10 or 20 or 30 hours a week just to focus on identifying who the buyer should be, what's going to motivate them to move forward. And, and even more important than that, when a prospective buyer and a, and, and a seller get together, it usually falls apart pretty quickly because the seller has ego involved in the transaction, and the buyer will say something that will just upset the seller to the point where they can't talk to that person anymore. An intermediary plays that interference in that transaction. I can take the information from a, from a buyer as to what they're upset or concerned about, and I can deliver that to the seller in an unemotional way that, that, um, uh, that doesn't upset him and that helps him focus on what the real problem is. And that's you know, every deal – will run into multiple uh, opportunities to fail before they close. Um, We say that six or eight times in the process, the deal is likely to fall apart because of something. And because I'm motivated and paid by getting the deal across the finish line, I find a way to address each and every one of those as they come up. And because I've seen the same issues come up so many times, I, I have a pocket full of, ideas as to how do we address those concerns and get past them.
0: That's really important that, you know, as an owner, you, you may be thinking, this seems easy because I get a lot of phone calls about people that want to buy businesses. I'll just say yes to one of them. And and the problem is that, you know, this might be the only time you are selling your business. It might be the first time. It might be the only time. Someone like John does this day in and day out and basically can help figure out what are what are myths, and uh, wh- you know what's what's rhetoric, and and what trails should we follow? But uh, I think you know I'll, I talk to a lot of people that call because they say, well, I got a I got a call from somebody, and they you know they really want to see my financials, they want to come by and look at my operation. Um, you know, people get those kind of calls all the time, John. What what advice would you give people about that type of a situation?
1: The the biggest mistake you can make is entertain. That offer directly, because you don't you don't know what they're looking for, um, you don't know what their financial capability is to complete the transaction. You, you probably have no idea what your business is really worth. You know, I, I have a database yep. um, uh, of prior transactions, not only my own but nationally for every kind of business there is, and, and, and I know on multiple bases, whether it's a uh, percentage to sales, percentage to EBITDA, um, seller's discretionary earnings, even how to calculate what a seller's discretionary earning is. You know, you as a business owner probably have no idea how, how that works. And uh, that's my job to know.
0: Yeah, good point. And there's a 50-50 chance at least that the person that's on the on the line calling you is is – is really looking for a way to put you out of business as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, learn your secrets. Um, th- there's just a lot of um, fraud going on out there. So you got to be really, really careful in, when entertaining those calls and, and have somebody who knows what they're doing so that you have the right um, discussion, guidelines, uh, non-disclosures, protection measures, all those kind of things in place. Uh, so it's a really good idea when you start thinking I think I want to sell my business, and I really, I really want to get top dollar for it. To give John Holman a call at Shoreline Partners, John, uh, what's the best number for them to call you? And and what would they find if they went to your website? That is www.shoreline.com.
1: You know, you'll you'll find a, a listing of who works at the firm, what our credentials are. In my case. Uh, I'm, I'm a recovering accountant uh, through the controllership level, a recovering attorney, practiced law for more than 30 years, an entrepreneur that's owned more than 20 business, taking one public on NASDAQ. So, you know, I've been around that. You'll see the kind of deals that we've done in the past. And, um, um, you know, you, you call me at the office, 858-587-9800, extension 107, that's 858 587 9800 extension 107 for the best way i'm always on my cell i not unusual for me to pick up a call at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and that's 619 i live and breathe this I've, I've trained my entire life as to how business works and and i i, I think i can bring a lot of value to uh, to an opportunity uh for a liquidity event
0: And uh, I'll tell our listeners uh, one more time that, you know, you learn a lot when you sit in these uh, meetings uh, with other peer advisors and hear how they review uh, advisors in that meeting. And John Holman is always reviewed very highly, uh, has been noted to do a tremendously professional job. Uh, please uh, get in touch with them. If you're thinking of selling your business in that range, just have a conversation and, and uh, talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't go it alone. You'll be really sorry you did. Uh, John, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there, is there any last uh, tips or ideas or precautions you'd like to leave our listeners with today?
1: Just remind people that if you're thinking about selling in the next five years, do it now. There's no guarantee the market's going to stay the way it is. There's no guarantee that money's going to stay as reasonable as it is. If if you're thinking that the time to exit is getting near, it's time to put that plan in action.
0: Great point. Great point. And uh, we are uh, as we're talking, um, there there is a lot of mergers and acquisitions activity. There, as as John mentioned, there are a lot of businesses looking for that acquisition that's going to help them. Uh, especially in this, uh, this area, that wonderful area we live in, in Southern California. John, thanks so much uh, once again for joining me, and I look forward to the next time we get to speak.
1: Thank you, Bill. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.